today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Social distancing. It says become a staple in our battle against COVID-19 and we've talked about that and mask wearing of course and the one thing that uh, the message we seem to be getting anyway for health officials is that those are the two things that you and me and everyone else can do uh, that are going to keep us uh, where we are right now flattening the curve with COVID-19 and making sure that there's no dramatic spikes in the future. Uh, There was a bylaw in the city of Hamilton about social distancing which actually gave uh, some people and some businesses the right to uh, well refuse service to some people or in some cases actually uh, you know be fined uh, for not adhering to social distancing. Well that bylaw has come and gone because there was a sunset clause on it and it's uh, started a discussion uh, among some people here in the city and probably from a province-wide basis as well Uh, as to whether or not we still need social distancing. I mean, the numbers are going down. They're not gone yet. I mean, the virus is still with us. We know that. But a lot of people are wearing masks right now. As a matter of fact, many municipalities have mandated mask wearing out in public. And it's it's raised the possibility that, well, maybe we don't really need to be doing the social distancing thing, Uh, depending on age groups and everything else. You heard the Premier refer to that just a few minutes ago during a question. Uh, about especially the uh, the elementary school grades uh, in class sizes, etc. Thing, there's no way they're going to be able to social distance there. But that doesn't seem to bother the premier nor a few other people, I guess, that uh, that instituted those laws. So, do we still need to do this? Do we still need the the six foot separation uh, in stores, uh, wherever we're going to be? Is social distancing still a, 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 an important part of this? I want to bring Dr. Anna Benjeri into the conversation. Anna, Dr. Benjeri, of course, is uh, with the Faculty of Medicine at the University of Toronto. Doctor, thank you so much for the time. I'm glad you could join us today. Oh, my pleasure. I'm uh, one of these people that tends to err on the side of caution. I wear a mask all the time when we're out in public. Uh, We still practice social distancing. Uh, I'm kind of surprised there's even a discussion now that we don't need this anymore. It it smacks to me again of of some people who seem to be letting their guard down because they think this is over. No, I, I, I think that it's far from over. If you look around the world, what's happening you know, in the United States and and even in Australia, they they thought it was over and then they shut it shut things down again. You're looking at Brazil, you're looking at India. People are dying around the world, and so because we have done very well, um, and the numbers are down because of the measures we have done, um, you know, I think it it would be not the right time to let our guard down because COVID is still all around the world. <sighs> This, I guess it's human nature, though, to think that uh, the worst is over because we're not hearing about too many new cases, et cetera, et cetera, and everybody is complying. But uh, your point's well taken. I mean, you know, the, the reason the numbers are down and we're not hearing too many new cases is because we are adhering to this. It's, uh, it's, it seems to be, and, and, you know, we got that warning from Dr. Tam earlier this week, uh, that uh, this, it's going to be this way for a couple of years to come. And, 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 you know, so let's not start thinking, okay, we don't need to social distance anymore. Because what's next then? Oh, guess we don't need to wear masks anymore either. And, and where is that going to lead us? Yeah, I, I, it's, this is a, a highly infectious virus that finds the opportunity, once it's there, it finds the opportunity to go into places where people are close together. Um, and a lot of people may not get symptoms. Uh, you know, it's really the tip of the iceberg. We see these really sick people, um, but it's it's an opportunistic virus in the way that it it congregates in in it affects people who are congregated in in together in small spaces, like meat packers, like um, like long term care facilities. It's not a big surprise that it it, it goes into these uh, facilities and it causes. Um, you know, a high rate of infection. And, but the people who get sick are the people who are really more at risk of getting sick. 
One of the things that I, I think we need to bring into the conversation, though, is, and, and you've mentioned this in previous conversations with us, doctors, we're learning more about this almost on a daily basis, uh, what COVID-19 is all about. Uh, and it's, it's, I guess, very repeating that uh, it's, it's only been around for about six, seven months at this point. So, and, you know, so the stuff that was said back in, in February, March about what we could do or could do or should we wear masks or not, uh, is, is, is that was old information. Now we've got new information. Uh, and the more we're learning about this, the more I think we understand just how serious this is, that it's, it's not just a bad flu, as some people had characterized it back in the springtime. Uh, there are serious, not just short-term implications, but serious long-term implications uh, to our bodies if we actually do test positive and develop some of these symptoms. So, so the majority of people get it, and it will be um, uh, an influ- influenza-like symptom, like illness. Um, they may get... Um, you know, body aches, uh, fevers, uh, but a lot of people don't actually get fevers, so they may get chills, they might have a sore throat, cough, um, you know, sometimes rashes and that. And most people will clear it. You know, they feel unwell for a couple of days and then it's gone. Some people have no symptoms. So some people say, oh, have a runny nose and you realize later, oh, that was COVID. But there is a small subset of the population, the healthy population, that will have chronic symptoms uh, after COVID's gone. So they may have a persistent cough that lasts for months. They may have fatigue that lasts for a while, muscle aches. And so, so those, are, those are some of the chronic symptoms. Then there's the people that get COVID and have the much more serious symptoms that end up in the hospital and they have lung damage and uh, muscle aches and it's really it takes them a long time to rehabilitate um, you know assuming that they survive but uh, but again the vast majority of people um, will get it and it will be a mild uh, a mild illness of course, the big concern here is you don't know how it's going to impact you if you do a test positive That's right. uh, as to whether or not it's going to be mild or whether you're going to be one of those severe cases. That's right. And thrown into the mix also is the information that we're starting to hear now about long-term implications on our body, uh, you know, that, uh, you know, the virus can have impact on other organs, not just on our lungs. Yeah. Uh, and you don't know what's going on with that either. There, there's some concern right now. Well, there's one baseball player, for the, the place, uh, he's a pitcher for the Boston Red Sox, who had COVID. Uh, and just got over that and went back to, to training to start with the team. And now he's got a heart condition, which they say is COVID-related, and he's, he's not going to play baseball. Maybe not ever again, but we don't know that. So this, uh, this again, is something that we need to take into consideration like this. Even if we all you do is get the sniffle, you don't know what else and what other long-term impacts this could have on our bodies. Yes, you're right. Uh, COVID can attack any system in the body. It can cause cardiac illness. It can cause... Um, you know, quite significant damage to the lungs. It can be like an autoimmune disease. It can affect the vessels. It can go into the brain. It, it can go anywhere in the body and cause all kinds of weird, uh, weird symptoms. Uh, and some of them could be long-term. You know, you, you can have the loss of smell. Like I think I told you before, you know, I've lost my sense of smell when I had COVID way, way back in March. Um, and so we don't know. And, and that's what makes COVID very frightening for a lot of people is we don't know how it's going to impact us when it does. Um, but, and, and those, those are real um, consequences and they could be long-term in some people. But again, the majority of people um, will probably have a milder illness or minimal symptoms. Um, but you don't know how it's going to impact you. And I think the higher 
um, your, what we call comorbidities are, you know, if you have diabetes, if you have high blood pressure, if you have underlying heart disease, if there's obesity, you know, et cetera, and the older you are, the more likely it is uh, to have some kind of impact on you. And so, so it, there's, there are those risk factors, but even healthy people, previously healthy people, can get COVID and have, can have long-term uh, consequences as, as a result of it. Doctor, when we listen to uh, Dr. Fauci south of the border and, and Dr. Tam up here, of course, from Health Canada, there, there seems to be uh, in their comments an inevitability that, look, there's going to be a spike again come this fall. And, and, and I guess part of that could be because some of us are letting our guard down, but they're just simply saying, look, that's going to be the beginning of flu season. We're going to be a lot indoors a lot more than we are now in August. Uh, and we're going to see a spike, uh, which I would think underscores the need for social distancing and masks to continue to, to, to say, even if that's going to happen, that we can at least make sure it's not going to be a major spike and, and, and get us right back where we were last spring. I agree with you. Absolutely. I mean, we can only control what we can control. And wearing masks is something that we can do. And if wearing a mask ends up uh, preventing the person next to you from getting it because you're an asymptomatic carrier and saves their grandmother from dying, you know, then, then it's an easy enough thing to do. And physical distancing, again, uh, you know, as much as possible, uh, as much as is realistic, I think that that's something that um, we should try to do as much as possible. And on the same side, or on the other hand, I guess, um, um, you know, opening up the economy and seeing how it works and being flexible that if we need to shut things down, then we do, because there also is the the collateral damage of keeping the economy closed. And so what we're doing now, I think even in Ontario, though, we we have gone into phase three, Toronto has gone into phase three, we haven't seen a huge spike. So what we're doing seems to be working, at least right now. And I think it's really important that we watch what's happening and adjust depending on what happens and and if it if there are surges and there are outbreaks then maybe we need to back off but otherwise you know trying to find that delicate balance between um you know what we should be doing um and and being and trying to open things up and being really cautious but there's no harm you know in wearing a mask for the vast majority of people so i think that's something we should continue Doctor, thanks as always for your time today. Uh, great to get your perspective and uh, to add some clarity to our discussion on this. Great. Uh, Thank appreciate it and uh, stay healthy. Thank you Thank so much. You. Thanks. Bye. Dr. Anna of course, from uh, the Faculty of Medicine at the University of Toronto. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.